This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. All rights and credit go directly to its rightful owners. No copyright infringement intended. Welcome to another edition of My Guria, Episode E. I am your host, Jules Finley. This episode, we're going to talk about pretty much the same shit. I'm going to rant. I'm going to make observations. I'm going to play music. I'm going to talk about some film I watched. And uh, some other stories here and there. Whatever I feel like talking about. We'll have our usual shitty job segment our newer shitty people looking for dates segment so please just sit back and relax well I don't care if you're sitting back or relaxing I don't care if you actually like the show or not but I do prefer that you continue to listen Welcome to another edition of My Guria. I'm your host, Jules Finley. Well, I'm going to try to keep this episode not going on like over fucking two hours like last episode. And I think the way I'll do that is by the fact that I'm going to try to get this uh, up and out by election or erection day, whatever you want to call it. And this is episode E for, uh, uh, I don't know, anything. Well, the one thing I was going to say is uh, I haven't done much of anything since the last episode. Well, I can't say I haven't done anything. I mean, I've done the normal fucking chores and shit like that. But uh, the one thing I, I can't, there's nothing fucking new to really talk about except for our, I went to the dentist and, and had like some of the best, best, worst customer service that is fucking imaginable. You know, them having me wait outside for a fucking hour, telling me that they're going to call me in when my appointment's ready and they never did. Never mind, I'm standing out in front of the fucking door. They could see me out there and they just, you know, ignored me. So then I finally called back and I'm like, hey, I've been standing here for an hour. What the hell's going on? They're like, oh, oh, okay. We'll be out right now. You were supposed to come in. They never said anything of that sort. I, I know how to fucking follow directions. They didn't say anything of that ilk whatsoever. All right, I'm going to stop bitching about that because I I hate going to the dentist to begin with. The dentist gave me a lecture about grinding my teeth. I've been grinding my fucking teeth, clenching my jaw since a teenager. Since I was a teenager, I guess it's one of my stress coping mechanisms. And no, I don't like that I do it, but it's a subconscious thing that I do that I can't. The only, the only time I don't fucking do it is either when I'm eating or I'm talking. Otherwise, I'm clenching my jaw and obviously fucking up my teeth and... I had a good run without really too many issues with it, but the dentist is like, uh, you need to cut that out. I'm like, you think I didn't think to cut this out? I can't. Well, what are you going to do about it? You should wear a night guard. I'm like, yeah, I have two of them and I've been wearing them for years and I fucking gnaw through them. Okay, you know, I'm going to stop talking about this shit. I'm just getting angry. I don't need to get angry. But as far as anything else goes, yeah, the only other thing I can really rant bitch about 
aside to the fact that the biggest excitement I've had lately is going to the Dollar Tree and getting cheap shit. Well, it would be the fact that, all right, since it's fall, autumn, and I do love this season, it started off well, but man, it has been fucking raining for like a week and a half straight here. Actually, maybe two weeks it's been going. I think we maybe had one day in between the two fucking deluges of rain. I had one moment of clarity, but the problem with the fucking rain is that it makes me more susceptible to migraines. So the Botox was working well for a while until this shit started. So with the shitty fucking rain and uh, just cold dampness that's going on right now, I'm almost in a very strange way looking forward to winter, believe it or not. And I'll tell you fucking why. Because right now what's been going on on my street is the fact that since everyone's fucking bored, and I get that everyone's bored, but I I bet you I'm more bored than these motherfuckers are, is that every asshole with some kind of fucking motorized, like a motorcycle or a convertible or some kind of ATV, some kind of fucking loud fucking noise machine that drives up and down my fucking road constantly, or some asshole with a booming system that drives up and down the road with the fucking windows down, I swear to God, these people don't do anything but do this. This is apparently their fucking job to make, you know, noise pollution. So where my fucking windows are rattling. So a lot of times when I have to record the show, I'll have to record it at night when these assholes are not driving after dark, even though some of them still do. But, you know, during the day, it would be a good time for me to record the shit. In fact, surprisingly, today I'm actually recording this bit during the day. And that's unusual, but I'm sure it's going to probably pick up some background sounds because I can hear some fucking motorized shit going on as I speak. Other than the motorcycles and other fucking noise pollution like that, the thing that's been totally getting under my skin lately is the sound of leaf blowers. They have this high-pitched fucking shrill along with this like muffled, almost like hair dryer sound. And I swear to God, like the fucking whole area is like, it's like a chorus of these goddamn things. And it's not even just that. I live in an area where I live around, you know, a lot of older people who are, uh, you know, they take pride in their yards and I'm glad that they do that. I'm definitely not going to bitch about that, but they're a bit too anal about it sometimes. For instance, I got one neighbor named Gary and another guy named Larry on the other side. (laughs) Well, Gary and Larry seem to be very into their fucking lawns because they are, they are running their lawnmowers every goddamn day. And then after their lawnmowers, they got the fucking leaf blower out. They do this while it's raining. Now, granted, they have large, they have very large yards, larger than mine. I mean, I don't have a tiny yard. I have maybe a third of an acre. But these two guys have much larger yards. And I get that they have more maintenance they have to do. But I know what's going on. These are like those kind of old guys that are just trying to get the hell away from their wives. So they'll find fucking yard work to do just to get the hell out of the house. <laughs> And they'll do this shit when it's fucking raining out. And I'm like, I've seen Gary get his lawnmower stuck in a fucking muddy puddle pit area. Jim's actually gone out and tried to help him, you know, move the thing. Because this guy's older and he's got a fucking bad back. He's got a bad heart. You name it, you know. But these two guys, they, they, they have to, they're on their, they're on their lawns like, you know, stink on shit. And then there's another even older guy than them named, he happens to be named Jim as well. And he looks like, I mean, he's guy, this guy's really fucking old. He doesn't come out of his house that often. And, but when he does, I'm not, the thing is, I know he's married, but I've never seen the wife in the past eight years that I've lived here. 
because apparently she's very, very disabled from what I understand. And that's sad that this lady can never really leave the house, but I guess COVID has no, ha, probably has no effect on her because she never fucking leaves anyway. Anyhow, all three of these neighbors of mine, like one's across the street and the two are on each side of me. They're, they're in love with their machinery for lawn maintenance and I've had about enough of hearing it at this point because it often wakes me up or if I'm trying to if I'm trying to do a recording of any sort and not just for fucking migraria of any sort I usually have to contend with the outside noise I've got fucking acoustic panels up in my room here but doesn't seem to help so, enough about that ranting about them, but one thing I related to that shit that I'd seen recently is when I walk the dog, I walk into like a kind of a, a, a neighboring neighborhood that has, it's like got a bunch of cul-de-sacs in it, so there's a lot of uh, miles of sidewalks in there, so I take the dog out and do that, and so the houses have much smaller yards than mine and my neighbors, because we're more on a main road, and these lots or I'd say they're maybe a tenth of an acre but they got like those giant micro mansions on them you know which is pretty ridiculous they're almost like row house big row houses at that point because it's like there's no fucking space in between them but yet these houses you know they're goddamn expensive but one day I was walking by and I saw this guy on a riding lawnmower and I'm like I just said maybe a tenth of an acre I mean I like I said I have a third of an acre this is a tenth and this guy was clearly younger than me but not you know he was he was the homeowner not like a teenager or anything but he's he's on a riding lawnmower he's able-bodied and he's like I said he's not elderly I can understand the elderly guys getting on riding lawnmowers because yeah fucking that's a lot of work it's 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 a lot of work on the joints I, I mean I fucking feel like I'm gonna die when I vacuum because that hurts my fucking joints and back and shit so and even Jim tells me, I mean, he has a, we have a push lawnmower. He's just like, yeah, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm getting too old to be doing this. And we're in our mid forties. So back to this idiot that was like mowing his fucking yard on a, a riding tractor on one tenth of an acre. And the guy was clearly younger than I am. And he had to get the fucking leaf blower out too. And there was no trees in his yard. It's just like, how fucking lazy are you? I mean, granted, yes, he is taking care of the lawn. But a riding lawnmower on a fucking tenth of an acre? The guy barely had a... And and all the yard was flat, too. That's the other thing that totally fucking floored me. He was like, this guy doesn't even have to push anything uphill or downhill. Everything was flat. What the fuck does he need a riding lawnmower for? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, what what a fucking waste of money. And, and, you know, you could just tell it's one of these assholes that just likes to have, like, the machinery so he can, I don't know, fucking one-up his neighbors or whatever. But, of course, he had, you know, and I walked by, I can see his garage wide open. You know, he had some fucking stupid wannabe sports car, like one of those um, fucking Dodge Chargers or whatever. And, you know, Trump stickers all over the back of it. And no, I'm not getting into any of this fucking political shit, but, you know, I've seen enough fucking signage around here where I, even before I know that they're a Trump supporter, I can see that they're, if they got one of those fucking cars like that or some kind of machinery in their yard, I know, I know, I know what the hell to expect. But anyhow, you know, there's this fucking guy with his loud-ass lawnmower, and he's not the only one. There were several other people in the neighborhood, too. It's just like, all right, it's fall. The grass isn't fucking growing. (laughs) The shit's dying. What the fuck are you mowing? At least here the fucking grass isn't growing. I mean, Jim hasn't hasn't had to fucking mow the grass in, like, fucking three or four weeks because it's gotten colder and the shit stopped growing. I mean, before that was growing like fucking crazy, and you have to, like 
mow at least once or twice a week, but it's been cold out. It's been about, you know, we had like maybe one hot day in the middle of a whole bunch of cold days. So the shit's not growing. All right, enough enough bitching about the local neighborhood and, and loud fucking noises. Let's uh, play some loud music to get through this shitty episode of My Gurria. I may dislike random noise, but I do like deliberate noise. Well, I wouldn't say deliberate in the sense where it's, a, you know, to be annoying. But I do like some noisy music, and I will go with, on this episode, since we're in the letter E, I will go with, which would be Einstein Zenden Neubauten, and I probably fucking said that wrong. I know how it's pronounced, but man, I just can't get my mouth to fucking say it right. And uh, the song I'm going to be playing is Haus der Luga, which <laughs> is from the album Haus der Luga, which means House of Lies. And I used to have, I still have it. I can't believe I still fucking have it, but I have a t-shirt of that album cover. I got it when I was in my 12th grade year. And the infamous image on the cover is like this sort of uh, old style, I'd say more like an etching drawing of a horse that has a fucking gigantic cock and it has either a pile of piss or cum coming out of it. It's always been subjective as to whether it is. Probably because if the horse was hard, it's probably a big wad. (laughs) But let me just say, I was wearing that fucking shirt for years. And finally, my mom said to me one day, Jesus Christ, Julie, I fucking hate that shirt. Why do you got to wear that one? It's so fucking nasty. She goes, and besides, what the fuck does that have to do with uh, collapsing of new buildings and House of Lies? You see, because my mom knows German. Her dad was from Germany. So she was questioning me about the, <laughs> what the fuck does it have to do with anything and how it's just ugly. <laughs> She's just like, I know you've been wearing that for fucking years now, but Jesus Christ, I hate it. <laughs> That's funny. Cause my mom, you know, she never really gives me shit for like some of the weird shit I've done over the years, but sometimes she'll have her fucking moments of where she'll be like, all right, enough's enough. Cut the shit. One of my favorite memories, and this has to do with loud noise too, is back when I was a teenager. I probably, I think I was maybe 16 at the time. I had, my mom told me when I came home from school, I had to clean my bedroom before she got home from work because it was a fucking dis- just disaster. So at the time, one of the newest albums I had gotten was uh, Ministry Psalm 69. <laughs> I just, I'm still laughing about this when I think about it because I just kept putting just one fix on repeat really loud. And I didn't even hear her come home. I had it up so loud. So I'm cleaning and I'm, you know, losing track of time. And finally, at some point she comes in. She's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Julie, I've got a goddamn migraine. Can you please find something else to listen to? Why does it have to be this song on repeat? (laughs) So surprisingly, you know, even though she busted my balls about the Neubauten shirt, she never complained when I listened to them. I don't know. And it's weird because there's a lot of shit by them that could be as irritating as just one fix. But I can't really say I really got into that much of like Neubaut and stuff that was um, to the point where it was kind of unlistenable. I mean, I listened to it occasionally, but I spared my household the fucking pain because I actually do sometimes. I actually do have consideration for others, believe it or not. So I'm not going to ramble on any longer. This is Einstein's in the Neubauten, Haus der Luga, here on Maigaria. 
Hier leben die Blinden, die glauben, was sie sehen und die Tauben, die glauben, was sie hören. Festgebunden auf einem Küchenhopper sitzt ein Irrer, der glaubt alles, was er anfassen kann. Seine Hände liegen im Schoß. Zweites Geschoss. Rolle für Rolle, Raufaser tapeziert in den Gängen stehen Mieter herum. Betrachten die Wände aufmerksam. Suchen darauf Bahn um Bahn nach Druck und Rechtschreibfehlern. Könnten nicht mal ihren Namen ziffern. Auf ins nächste Geschoss. Welches und Wunder nie fertiggestellt nur über die Treppe erreicht werden kann. Hier lagern Irrtümer, die gehören der Firma, damit kaffern sie die Böden an, die darf keiner ran. Viertes Geschoss. Hier legt der Achter, der geht auf uns einen Plan, dieses Gebäude schreckt voller Liebe. That was Neubauten with House de Luga. And yeah, you noticed I played the whole song this time. 
In fact, I might just do that perhaps throughout this whole episode. You'll just have to wait and see because I'm breaking some rules. Because I think I've definitively made the decision to finally cease my account with Anchor and move on to possibly a more self-hosting type of platform. Not sure which one I'm going to use yet, but um, I feel like Anchor's kind of run its course and I guess it has some abilities where it's not so bad if you need to move your feeds over to a new platform. I'm not going to get into the technical shit. No one gives a fuck about that and I barely do too. The song I played, House de Luga. Uh, I played that song and unfortunately... It reminded me of the fact that this fucking COVID year has really, it has really fucked up a lot of shit across the board. And seeing concerts has got to be like one of the most annoying parts of of all this, you know, just losing out on the chance to see various things. And the thing is, a lot of stuff that I listen to is really on its way out as far as I wouldn't say like out of style, but you know, the musicians are aging. They're not going to be doing this for much longer. So, and that's who I like. I, I don't like new artists, at least not too many of them. There's a few that are okay, but typically, uh, what I like isn't what the fuck is on tour. So when things I like are on tour, most of the time it's not really within reach, but I try my best to make it within reach. That's kind of been like the uh, story of my concert going, you know, the whole life story background on that. And Neubauten is no exception. I can't, they're just a band I guess I'm destined to never see live, although I would really love to see live because I know what they do is particularly interesting. I've watched enough live footage of them over the years and I'm just sitting there like, God damn it, I want to see this for myself. They're, you know, they're, they're fucking, they're making music with garbage, essentially like scrap, scrapyard shit. Yet they somehow do it in a way where it's, it's actually cohesive and, and there's, there's elements to it that are actually beautiful. It's not just random clatter. I mean, maybe their early, early shit was a little bit more of that vein and it was on purpose at that point, but they're like a band that definitely aged like fine wine. You know, they, they matured gracefully and what they come out with now is is actually it's hard to describe i mean they're just a band that you can't classify you just it, it's it's impossible i mean people oh they're industrial because they have fucking clanky metal sounds no they're they're a band that just exists in their own sort of fucking plane which is why i like them because you can't i mean there's some bands that you can parallel to them but even the ones you parallel they're still very different and that's what is cool about bands like that is that they are so incredibly unique and uh, and they stand on their own and usually they're colleagues of one another in some kind of way because they have there's like a mutual admiration but anyhow back to this shit about like not getting to see Neubauen a band I think I've liked them oh more than half of my life I would say probably three quarters of it and they're just a band that are always out of my grasp as far as getting to see them live because first of all they're German they're not going to play the U.S. that often and secondly, when they do play here, they play limited engagements with, lim- you know, limited cities. Depending upon where you live, you're either going to definitely see them. Like if you live in, like, say, New York City or San Francisco or L.A., Chicago, perhaps. Yeah, the odds of seeing them on tour are pretty fucking good. If you live in, well, shit-ass central New York State or Ohio, maybe a few choices in a couple of different directions. You could possibly go to Toronto. 
if you have no money, that's kind of fucking hard to do. And then there's Montreal's another possibility. Same fucking story. New York City, probably the most probable yet again. How the fuck are you going to get there? And Boston would probably be another possibility. And that's another thing as well is you're just kind of shit out of luck. And all those cities are places that I have either purchased tickets to see them or I tried to go and something happened at the last minute or I just something that just blew up in my face in some kind of way. And this year, at the beginning of this year, I had found out that they were going to be playing in Detroit and they were going to be playing on a weekend in October. And in fact, it was just this past weekend or maybe it was the weekend before, I can't remember, but I had Jim take a few days off because I'm like, look, this is a band that I've been wanting to see pretty much since I fucking discovered them. And every time I try to go see them, something fucking happens where I can't go. So we're going, we're going to make a weekend out of it. And while we're up in Michigan, we'll go to the Frankenbooth and make a, just make a big German Oktoberfest out of it. Ha ha ha. Well, you know, then Jim's like, well, should I take, what days should I take off around? Then I gave him the dates. I go, but yeah, don't, you know, put that in stone just yet because I'm going to hold off and kind of pay attention to the tickets, to, to the availability of tickets. Because I already, with my experience with not being able to see this band, I had it in the back of my mind, something's going to fucking happen where I'm not going to see them again. And what was that? COVID-19 wiped out the entire concert year, wiped out my job working at MGM. Yeah, so this, uh, this is bittersweet. However, I'm going to still listen to this band. They didn't do anything wrong to me. It's just not meant to be, apparently. But I think I need to move on from this because now I'm just sounding like a fucking piss poor baby complaining. I didn't get to see somebody I really, really like. <sighs> uh, I guess that's how it's just going to be. Okay, let's move on from here. So I might as well play something else that I actually can pronounce correctly. At least I hope I could. And this one would be, well, this is going to be quite a bit different from what you just heard. And the only reason why I even know this fucking song is because I haven't talked about this yet on here either. Is uh, I stream these two different Italian music video channels that they come through like as an, uh, a .m3u file. I can't even get into describing the technical shit behind that and how that works but I have it set up in a way where there's like this app called the perfect player on Amazon Fire TV where if you somehow make kind of like a playlist that has like an HTTP address to it and you have your files it's almost more just like a list of where these m3.m3u files are saved on the web you can uh, stream these channels directly to your TV now they're not fucking HD quality or 4k they're they're pretty low quality but considering i grew up on fucking mtv back in the 80s and having to tune in channels remember remember when there was like scramblers for tvs (laughs) so i'm not as picky about the quality as i probably some other people would be but it's i don't care But these two channels, one is called Auto 8 FM and the other one's called Radio Capital. And they're both out of Italy and they play, Auto 8 plays strictly 80s videos and occasionally they might throw in like a disco track from the 70s. And Radio Capital used to be more on that sort of platform of playing nothing but older music before um, the year 2000. Unfortunately, now they've changed their format and they just kind of jumble in new garbage with it too. So you could be sitting there watching, like just earlier today I was watching, they played Classics Nouveau on there, the song Guilty. Then right afterwards they fucking played, uh, what's that fucking scumbag, um, Cardi B. 
be. You know, that fucking whore. So, so these channels, they're they're interesting in that they that they exist and I get to watch all kinds of old videos all the time on there. And the cool part is since it's it's being broadcast from Italy, they're playing the European versions of most of these videos. And a lot of them may have been the same that they showed uh, in the in the United States, but some of them were absolutely completely different because a lot of them were <laughs> Some of them were, they're things they couldn't show on TV in the United States. They would have been banned or censored or whatever. But this video was, uh, this was an American musician and the video is so fucking funny and cheap that when I saw it, I was like, does this guy have like a mouthful of dentures that are falling out? What the hell is he doing? So after watching it a few times, I realized this guy's got the worst case of Coke jaw I've ever seen. So the song I'm going to play is by Dennis Edwards. That starts with E, his last name starts with E and, uh, it's a duet with Sadea Garrett, and this is called Don't Look Any Further.
In the last episode, episode D of my Guria, I was asked uh, what was like the worst concerts I've been to. And I did cover Sonic Youth and uh, Fish in that last episode, but I have remembered a few more that were equally as deplorable. But I think I only will talk about one for this episode since I'm trying to keep this to be a bit more, not as, not as rambling and lengthy. I'll try my best. So the one I'm going to talk about, and since we're on episode E, this is an artist that does have E, how they'd be categorized in a record store would be under E, and that would be Melissa Etheridge. Now, you're probably wondering, why the fuck did you go see Melissa Etheridge? Well, there's something I didn't talk about before, and that would be the fact before I really hit my teens, there was a little hobby I used to do because I was a kid, I lived in the middle of nowhere, and I didn't go anywhere. So what I would do is I would sit around all day long and listen to the radio to try to win contests. So I used to win fucking everything. And and I would win shit that I had, you know, zero interest in, but I'd still, you know, win. I like getting free shit. I still like getting free shit. I love when I get fucking free samples, you know, things like that. Promotional CDs, whatever. I love getting free stuff. I'm not going to fucking pretend like I don't. So what I did was I won tickets to Melissa Etheridge. And the idea at the time was just to give them to my father because I know he was a fan of her. But for whatever reason, he couldn't go. So it was left to like, I guess, me and my sister to use the tickets. At the time, I was, I believe, 14 years old, maybe 13. Actually, I believe I was 13 years old, come to think of it. And my sister's five years older than me, so she was 18 or 19. So she drove, and we were like, all right, we'll go. We'll just use these free tickets and go to the show. Well, we went to the show, and and this is no disrespect to anybody who's gay, but by far, we were the only people that were not gay at this show. And and I mean, what I mean by gay, there was no men at the show either. <laughs> so this was definitely a very, very lesbian crowd. And being like 13 at the time, I had never actually seen lesbians before. I knew they existed, but I had never actually seen any. So this was a pretty eye-opening experience for me, but not in a good way, because first of all, neither me or my sister particularly liked Melissa Etheridge. We were just trying to use the tickets so they didn't go bad. But we also probably looked like we were a couple. (laughs) A very young couple, that is, actually. And it was also raining you know, I swear to God, every, and it was a fucking outdoor concert during the summer in Syracuse. And I, I believe it was at the state fair, no less. <laughs> it seems about right. Yeah, it had to have been the state fair, come to think of it. So, you know, bad weather seems to coincide with bad concerts or just concerts in general, unfortunately. So this was no exception to that. So my sister and I were, were, were at this show. Like I said, I'm 13. My sister being 18 or 19, she hadn't been around lesbians either. So we were like, what the hell's going on here? Why, why is everybody, why is every woman making out with each other here? You know, we, we were just like, what the fuck, you know? And yeah, and I don't want anybody going, what are you fucking uh, homophobic? No, I'm obviously not homophobic because I have tons of gay and lesbian friends. It's just that this was the first time I ever actually had seen, I'd seen gay dudes, but I had never seen women at it. So it was the fact that we were um, together, two girls, we, we were we were a bit uncomfortable at the time, to say the least. I mean, I'm not going to fucking lie and act like, oh, this was a free-for-all. No, this was awkward for our age. But anyhow, we weren't into Melissa Etheridge anyway. And the funniest part about this, I feel, other than 
being, you know, the only, I'm going to say, I think we were the only straight females at this show. The opening group was Del Amitri, the Scottish group that had that shit-ass song, Roll to Me and I'll Be the Last to Know. Well, this was before that. This is, I'm guessing the year, hmm, it had to be like 1990, possibly. And they were the opening group, which is kind of a weird pairing, but man, eh, maybe not. They were probably on the same fucking record label or something. So, so we had like Delamitri and Melissa Etheridge. So after Delamitri said, me and my sister standing there, I think these guys must have known we were the, like the only women there that weren't gay because they came like right over to us and just kind of z- honed right on the, onto both of us. And they're just kind of trying to chat us up, which was like, you know, fucking hilarious. Cause like I said, I'm fucking 13. Maybe I looked older when I was 13. I don't remember. I remember having big hair at 13, but I don't know if I looked older than my age. Probably, yeah, I probably did. Cause I've seemed to look the same age for many years. So these two guys, the singer, I guess his name is Justin Curry, and this other dude that was in the band, they were, you know, two Scottish dudes, and they were just chatting us up, and they're like, hey, let's get you a beer. And I'm like, I looked at the guy, I go, dude, I'm fucking 13. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, no big deal. I go, well, I don't know if you realize this, but that's very illegal in this country. <laughs> And my sister was also, she was driving and she was 18. She was pretty freaked out by, first of all, being in a, in a crowd of nothing but lesbians. But then the male group, like, just like almost like zoning in on us, like, like, like we were a pile of shit in the field and they were flies, you know? So she was just like really freaked out about the whole thing. You know, we talked to the guys for a while, but then we got kind of sick of them. <laughs> Because it was clear that they were, like, looking for any female that they could talk to that was, like, into guys. But, you know, we weren't into them either. <laughs> but anyhow, um, the show itself, I this is what I remember from the show. I don't like her music, but I can't say she was a bad performer. Because, I mean, she doesn't lack talent. Her Just her music's fucking boring. And then it started like torrential downpouring about maybe five minutes in, or not five minutes, five songs into this, into her set. And I'm just like, you know, let's just, just fucking go home. This sucks. So that's the end of that, that shitty uh, concert story for this edition of My Gurria. I'll talk about more shitty stories in the future, but I really do not. I, wa- I want to keep this episode a bit shorter overall. So I hope you enjoyed that tidbit there on My Gurria. What do you call an artist with a brown finger? A Picasso. So, Jules, got a bit of a tough one for you. What do millennials do right? Because I can't think of anything. Wondering if you've got something. That's a really good question, Kenny. And, unfortunately, I do not have an answer. Because I cannot think of one fucking thing 
that any of these millennials have done or are doing that are of any benefit to anyone but themselves. And even that's questionable because it almost sounds like many of them dig themselves into their own holes and then like to blame others, other generations. Not that my generation has been that fucking wonderful, but the millennial generation can go fuck themselves with the exception of a very few people. But overall, I don't really fucking have anything to say that's nice in regards. Occasionally, they may have a nugget or two of knowledge. I guess they understand technology pretty well. But the fucking whining and complaining and the oh, woe is me victimization shit when they haven't even lived long enough to be truly victimized by society. Yeah, they can just fucking shut up already. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking done with it. I don't think I have anything else I need to say about this. And uh, but thanks for the call, which reminds me to the listeners that after this episode, the voicemails are going to cease. And I will get to that later in the episode as to why, but that's going to be coming to an end. And I appreciate all the calls I've gotten thus far. Here's another edition of this episode's shitty job. This time this one comes from Akron, Ohio. Job title, Human Remains Transporter. Urgently hiring. Salary, $12 to $15 an hour. Job type, full-time, part-time. Qualifications, experience. Auto transportation, one year preferred. Four-car hauler, one year preferred. Patient transport, one year preferred. License, driver's license preferred. Uh, I think with the fucking first three things there, I think the license goes without saying. Full job description. Seeking a reliable, well-groomed, professional individual with with excellent customer service skills to speak with families working on-call transporting deceased human remains. Wow, this this is already fucking depressing me. Jesus Christ. Must have a black suit, be well-groomed, with open flexibility to work on call. Oh my God. You will work approximately 25 to 30 hours per week, but need to be available to work on call most of the week, day and night. You will have every Friday off and one weekend a month off. Oh, lucky you. The rest of the time, you need to be free and able to immediately respond to a call. So basically, you're going to have no life. Basically, you're going to have as little of a life as the fucking people you're transporting. This would be a great job for someone recently retired. Oh yeah, so they can... (laughs) So they can smell how close they are to death. An online college student or someone looking for part-time hours, but again, who has open availability. They're basically looking for somebody who has apparently infinite time. This is not just a driver position. You act as the funeral director's assistant, often being the first point of contact with a family after the loss of their loved one. Man, could you seriously imagine this? Can you seriously imagine being in this position? I would have to say you would definitely you would definitely excel at this job if you are perfect at bullshitting sympathy or you're just fucking soulless inside. Which come to think of it, most people in Akron are pretty fucking soulless to begin with. Maybe anybody could take this job then. It will be your job to be professional and compassionate. It will be your job to be professional and compassionate as well. You will transfer the deceased from where they passed away to the vehicle for transport. 
It's an extremely physically demanding job, so you're hauling dead weight. <laughs> and basically, it repeats all the shit that it's set up above 12 to 15 per hour, have to be on call. You need to have at least a year of kind of a tr- of transporting type of job. And of course, you need that driver's license. I would hope you need one. Work location, fully remote. Um, no, remote doesn't mean that you go to a place and scrape up a body and drive it to the fucking morgue. I think they got that fucking definition confused. Typical start time, 12 a.m. Typical end time, 12 a.m. Pay frequency, bi-weekly or twice monthly. This job is ideal for someone who is dependable, more reliable than spontaneous. People-oriented, because you gotta love those dead bodies. Enjoys interacting with people and working on group projects. Enjoys talking to dead bodies, basically. Adaptable, flexible. Enjoys doing work that requires frequent shifts in direction. Detail-oriented. Would rather focus on the details of the work than the bigger picture. Achievement-oriented. Enjoys taking on challenges, even if they might fail. Like, you know, he might drop the fucking corpse. Autonomous, independent. Enjoys working with little direction. Well, I should hope you're not getting much direction. At least some, you're not going to get any backseat driving direction from the, um, the stiff in the back there. Innovative. Prefers working in unconventional ways or on tasks that require creativity. Well, let's just hope they're not into corpse fucking. High stress tolerance. Thrives in a high pressure environment. If you enjoy the idea of facing a family to tell them about the fucking family member or loved ones or whoever, friends, whoever the, the next of kin is, that so-and-so is dead. If if you can, you can thrive in that and not feel just a little bit closer to the whole, then you can do great in this job. This job is a job for which military experienced candidates are encouraged to apply. Open to applicants who do not have a high school diploma or GED. <laughs> A good fit for applicants with gaps in their resume or who have been out of the workforce for the past six months or more. Oh, there, there, there's where I fit in. A good job for someone just entering the workforce or returning to the workforce with limited experience and education. Open to applicants who do not have a college diploma. Then it says we're work remotely. No. It just said a few fucking paragraphs back. Work location, fully remote. And then no at the bottom. <laughs> Do they change their fucking mind? Do they realize, oh, wait, that's not what I meant, and then just hit send or whatever it is, whatever fucking form they filled out? I know they had the chance to proofread what they wrote, but they didn't. But that's episode E's shitty job here on My Gurria. with the typical pattern that I've established in these Migoria episodes, it is time for me to play a song that is essentially horrible. But I love this piece of shit, and I hope you will too. This one comes from a group called Eben Ozen, and this is A-E-I-O-U, Sometimes Y. Now, I have, I don't know if this is something to brag about, and in fact, I'm not bragging, I'm just mentioning that I have this on both 12-inch single with a ridiculous cover on it, as well as their album Feeling Cavalier, which honestly, that album cover is even funnier than the fucking single. So, I hope you guys will enjoy 
this, and I'm going to play the whole fucking thing because it's worth playing the whole thing. There's a s- segments of the song that are just laugh out loud fucking hilarious to me, and the video that they used to play in the 80s, it was equally as ridiculous. So without any more introduction, here is Eben Ozen with A-E-I-O-U, Sometimes Why. really flipped out, you know, she asked me if I'm angry or something, I said, of course I'm angry, man, this isn't high school or anything, you know, so I'm feeling really cavalier, and I say, I'll call me, you know, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, call me if you want to, so she rang me up, and she says, hey, you want to go out, huh, do I want to go out,
In uh, this episode of Migaria, I'm going to um, do a review of a film that I watched. Uh, it was a horror film from 2012 called Citadel. See, I do actually occasionally will watch a newer f- horror film. Most of the time, it's not fucking worth my while. But this one, I was I was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, Citadel takes place in these horrible, abandoned to be demolished high-rise flats in this. Uh, area of Govins, Glasgow, and Scotland. And the director of the film is this man named Kieran Foy. He's an Irish director, but he got, um, apparently he, he formed this idea for the film based on a fucking incident that happened to him when he was younger, when he was attacked as a teenager by a gang of shitty kids. He used that as his sort of template to write a film about kind of kind of his not exa- not his own experience directly, but his reaction to how he you know felt after going through an attack. He, he became extremely agoraphobic. So this film focuses a lot on a lot of psychological horror in this one, which made it good. That's that's one of the things I liked about it. It was uh, most newer horror films. They just fucking let's see how gross we can make it this while it had like i mean this had very minimal gore in it and the the most scary things about the film where it was more of the cinematography and how fucking bleak and miserable the this was this area of glasgow was made to look in the film i can't even say it was made to look it was probably already looking that bad which is why the shit was torn down (laughs) But it was these old fucking nasty um, council fucking high-rise flats that it focuses on a main character named Tommy in it. And Tommy and his uh, wife are about to move out of this shithole. And um, she's got a baby on the way. And there, there's signs all over that the, the demolition is going to be happening. So I actually have to wonder if some of the signage that, that was up in the movie was actually really on this property. They didn't just make signage for the film. So as um, they're trying to pack up their things to go and bring some of their last belongings to their car, because they're a very poor couple, uh, he decides to, he doesn't want her to carry anything because she's pregnant. So he gets in an elevator that has like a little window in it. And, you know, it's a shitty old elevator. And uh, he thinks, you know, he's looking out the window of the elevator. He sees these kids walking up the hallway and they're all wearing hoodies. And the elevator's stuck for a second. And all of a sudden he sees these fucking kids just attack the shit out of his wife. And he couldn't get the door open. And when he finally gets the door open, the kids take off. The, the wife is beaten, like, unconscious, and she has a fucking dirty hypodermic needle stuck in her belly. And he has to, you know, rush her to the hospital. You know, they, they, they won't let, it, let him in to see her and all this shit. So it all kind of, all this shit kind of happens very quickly. And this guy is a fucking mess to start with. And they don't tell him what's going on. They just bring out the child that was delivered so you're led to believe that she dies but she doesn't die right away what happens is she's put on life support because she's in a coma she doesn't come out of it and she's in a hospice for like they show they kind of cut to like nine ten months down the road where he's in a different shitty council flat that's not in a high rise more like a crappy row house but it's it's about to be torn down as well it's like a they moved him there apparently for what, like a waiting period to go to what was going to be a newer complex that was actually being built somewhere else in the city. He's, you know, he's left alone to take care of this baby 
while his wife is in um, hospice. And this guy is like a absolute fucking wreck from witnessing his his wife being beaten and being thrust into being a single dad who has no money and really has no 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 help, no family, nothing like that. He does seek out therapy. He goes to a group therapy session and they have him kind of go through these sort of like reenactment scenarios. Remember, almost like almost like a minor variation of hypnosis. Or they have him sort of grow back to the scene of the of his trauma because he's got not just the gore. I mean, he's got PTSD from this, but which has resulted in him being afraid to leave his his council flat. He's just he's just a fucking wreck. And the therapist, the group therapist points out that he has he carries himself like someone who's a victim who's always in constant fear. Well, that's because he is the guy like he's a fucking wreck. He's never sleeps. He's just the, whoever they cast. And I don't even know who the actor is. Um, very, very good casting in this because this guy had very like nervous looking eyes throughout the film. I don't know if it's just how he how his facial structure is or what, but it was it worked very well for this character he had to portray. So he has to make the decision with his wife about his wife to uh, pull the plug on her, basically. And that's what he was going through therapy to try to, you know, get enough courage to leave the house to go deal with the hospice situation. So he has to make the decision to take her off life support and she dies. So this movie starts off tragic. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad setup to a horror film. So, but at the same time, that adds to your, you know, you have more of a, you care more about the character and you don't just are in for fucking thrills and spills and chills and all that shit. So he befriends a woman at the hospice who feels bad for this guy in a situation. And he, the, the character Tommy is very paranoid that every time he sees any kid with a hood on, he's thinking that they're going to be kids, that are these, these kids that came after his wife. Well, he has, has to have the funeral for his wife and there's a priest as well as this blind child who's kind of deformed that hangs out with the priest who, you know, says this, says his last, you know, they do the last rites at the funeral. But as he's leaving with his baby, the the priest, like, kind of um, arm checks him, and he's just like, they're coming fucking after, you know, your daughter. And this is, you know, a very foul-mouthed priest, which is, he's very crude. And you automatically are like, all right, I'm on board with a, a swearing priest in a movie. <laughs> so... He's like, what do you mean they're after her? And he's like, you fucking know. And, you know, so he's left, like, he's already a paranoid person, but this this priest is, like, giving him outright information. And the, and the woman he befriends at the hospice, who also was at the funeral, she's like, just don't listen to him. He's, he's crazy. And he's just like, but he's, he's you know, he's a priest. He, what, what does he know? And she's just like, oh, he he's just talks nonsense. Just, just, just let him do his priest thing and, you know, just don't listen to his nonsense. But... The paranoia and what the man says, the, the priest says to Tommy in it is that he's not being paranoid. It's that these feral kids or whatever, that's what they end up being. They're like feral kids are not even really kids anymore. They're, they've mutated into something inhuman. He just refers to them as demons. The priest refers to them as demons. And they've taken over this, uh, this nasty abandoned council building like with all these apartments in it and their feet they feed on anyone's fear to you know annihilate them i'm not going to go into too much more than that because 
I don't like giving away the fucking spoilers of the film. I just like to talk about the setup of the scene, what you're going to expect in the film. And yeah, it's, it's very, very gray, bleak scenes in it. It really, truly makes Glasgow look like at least this part of Glasgow, because it's also filmed in the winter where everything's gray and damp and this guy's freezing his ass off and his fucking power goes out all the time. It's just, just, she's just such a shithole. And, you know, it's funny because I wanted to go to Glasgow for vacation and I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, wow, this looks just as miserable as Akron. <laughs> But anyhow, do I recommend Citadel? Definitely. I thought this was for a, a more modern uh, horror film. It's, it's, it's not that new anymore. It came out in 2012. And it is shot with like a handheld camera throughout, but doesn't give off that shitty veneer of found footage. Uh, I mean, it's it's handheld, but it's not like dizzying handheld. So that's one of the things I appreciated for it. Appreciated about it, I should say. I definitely recommend it if you were... Uh, <laughs> interested in watching a good newer psychological horror film that isn't particularly gory, Citadel's a good one. When I said this episode was going to be shorter, I guess shorter than two hours, I guess I was lying because I'm such a great liar. I'll try to keep this a little brief, a little more brief than usual. So let's play some more music, and I'm not going to play a clip. I'm actually going to play the full song. This song comes from The Electric Six. Electric Six are a group out of Detroit, and luckily I have seen them many times playing throughout Ohio. They even have a song called Escape from Ohio, but that's not the one I'm going to play. I'm going to play the one that I think, honestly, they're probably the most known for, and giving that erection day is coming up. They had a very classic video, all dressed as uh, sexy Abe Lincolns in the for the video and song of Gay Bar, which was off their, I believe their debut album called Fire. So here's the Electric Six with Gay Bar here on My Garea. Do you have- 
Here's another edition of the shitty people looking for dates, shitty fucking personal ad, shitty dating profile, whatever we want to call it. Um, I wish you could see this picture because this is, this is fucking, this girl, man, what the fuck? All right. Her name is Janai, Janai, J-A-N-A-I, 23, or says about me, myself summary. Please intro message me first before swiping. I don't have a list. Thanks with a smiley face. Add me on Instagram. I'm not going to fucking share her stupid information. She starts with, I shid and fard my pants on the daily as spelled S-H-I-D-F-A-R-D. That's nice. I have high functioning autism, so be expected of that. You know, I've had about enough of people who are basically fucking self-diagnosing their autism because they read an article online or they or somebody told them that yeah that must be why you you act different it's 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 insulting it's clearly insulting to those who have family members who are dealing with those who have clearly serious cases of autism where the person is disabled this high functioning shit no this person is not autistic this is just a fucking asshole grasping at straws to give themselves a, I don't know, an umbrella term to describe why they're a fucking weirdo. I don't know. That's not, it's not the right way. This, this, this person's already pissing me off. Let's screen share on Discord and watch t- movies or TV shows. Well, that's really fucking clear. Looking for something that starts off as friends and eventually turns into long term. Send me those sweet-ass memes. I play a lot of Overwatch on my PC. No idea what that is. I main Mercy and DVA, Diva, I don't know. And I wish I was a good Widow maker. I also play May when I have to DPS. I have fucking no idea what this person is even talking about. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm too old to be reading this shit, but I fucking clearly don't know what the fuck this person's talking about. I have recently shaven off my eyebrows due to me being very stupid, so I hope you don't mind a girl with no eyebrows at the moment. LOL. To go along with her completely shaven head and her wireframe double bar perv glasses that look like the shit that Jeffrey fucking Dahmer wore. I don't care if girls shave their heads. I really don't. I, I get it. If you don't fucking want to deal with a head of hair, especially maybe if your hair's thinning. I mean, there's hormonal issues that cause that. I mean, my hair was thinning for a while, but then, I don't know, it switched right back to being a fucking Sasquatch. But no, the, the bald part isn't the issue. It's the, she shaved your eyebrows. So you, this, this, she basically looks like a cancer patient. And, you know, I don't know. I can't stand when these people do shit that, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it's like this attention-seeking thing by trying to make themselves look like they're a victim of something. This 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 person is bothering me. Okay. They're straight. She's a straight woman, single monogamous. 
And she loves the, the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Again, another one of these people that, that apparently that's that's their personality. Uses she, her pronouns, five foot seven curvy. She's white, speaks English, unemployed, no kidding. Attended high school, agnostic, Aquarius. Oh, God. You know, okay, that's our thing. These, uh, this fucking use of, like, uh, astrology. This is not a personality trait. Just fucking stop it, people. Seriously, this is, this is, this isn't even, this is just stupid. Fucking holding on to some trumped up fucking, and I said the word trumped. Ha 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 ha. This, this fucking crackpot shit. Just stop it. There's no there's no fucking proof of any of it, so stop believing a bunch of crap. I mean, the same people that fucking, like, put stock into fucking zodiac signs and shit are the first to, like, condemn any other kind of fucking, like, I don't know, Christianity, any kind of worldwide, be- not when you say worldwide, but large belief system, you know, or there's masses who believe in something. How, how do you fucking, like, how, how do you balance this thought out? It's either you fucking believe the shit or you fucking don't. And, ah, uh, never mind. I, I can't go on with this fucking shit. Doesn't smoke cigarettes, doesn't drink, never smokes marijuana, is an omnivore. Doesn't have kids and doesn't want them. Has a cat, has a dog, has other pets. Looking for men for long-term dating and new friends. Well, guys, if you like girls that shave their eyebrows and shit and fart in their pants on the daily, then... Janai is your woman. And that's it. I'm not going to read any more of this crap for this episode. Um, this one just this one just aggravated me. The more I think about this shit, it just... You know, there are times I am, like, out in public or whatever, and I will look around at those that are probably in my age group, and who I see, I'm just like, God fucking damn, am I glad I'm not fucking single or trying to date anybody. That's what I had to pick from. I'm I'm so fucking glad that that's not my fate. I'm I guess I'm one of the few fucking lucky ones that actually found happiness and combat and compatibility in my life. And uh, I feel bad for those who haven't who are quality people. I don't feel bad for assholes that can't find dates like this fucking one I'm looking at on the screen right now. I feel bad for those who are like genuinely decent people have their shit together. And just have like the, the who they who they meet in their lives. It's just one pile of dog shit after the next. It's just it's sad. I know if I was single, that's exactly what that's the, that's the fucking the piston gene pool I'd have to pick from as well. So that's it for this episode. As far as uh, talking about fucking assholes looking for dates who can't present themselves in a way that's even remotely palatable to any fucking you know normal human. Nah, we're going to move on from that. This one just irritates me. In order to keep this show somewhat shorter, but at the same time, play the full-length songs, I cannot play every band that I'm thinking of that starts with E that's in my collection. So we're going to end the music segment here because we're getting towards the end of the show anyway. Now, it was a toss-up here, because I have a selection of Erasure albums, and I could easily play many different Erasure albums, but I you know, I, I have to say, I stopped collecting them probably somewhere in the mid, late 90s. I don't think I've bought anything by them since then. It's not that I dislike them, it's just, you know, I kind of ran its course. And I have seen Erasure in concert, photographed them, 
fantastic band. But I'm not going to play Erasure. I know that was kind of a... That kind of threw you off there. If I'm talking about a band, I'm not going to actually play. No, who I'm actually going to play is a group that is essentially known as a one-hit wonder. And I can't help it. This is one of those songs I'm always going to like. It's stupid. It was popular. I can't help it. I I fucking love this stupid song. And then this, we're going to end this with EMF's Unbelievable from Schubert Dip here on My Gurria.
unbelievable. And we have come to the end of episode E of My Guerrilla. And this is probably going to be the end of our first season as well. I actually considered ending this um, entire podcast more than once. And I was thinking of ending it with this, but no, I'm going to continue. I'm just going to end the first season with episode E. And I'm going to move on to a new platform to host these podcasts on because I know it's just a matter of time that they're probably going to cut me off because I've been playing full-length songs and not pulling them from their Spotify catalog. I did that one episode only and it sucked. That was episode B. 30-second clips of shit that you can barely grasp what the hell I'm even talking about. So ending uh, my account here with Anchor, that means the voicemail section is going to cease as well. So I appreciate anybody who took the time to call in or, you know, whatever. It's not really like calling in, but it's, it's close enough to leave me whatever message they felt like leaving me to get my feedback on things. So that's going to cease, but I will definitely welcome emails or comments to address on the Facebook page. Our email address is mygaria at gmail.com. Additionally, these episodes are going to get shorter and probably less frequent because I will be starting a new job soon. So I don't think I'll have as much time to devote to this series. So I hope you just hang tight. They're not going to come as fast and frequent as they have. You'd be lucky if you get maybe one a month, but I'm sure I will have a lot of commentary given the new job I'll be taking on because I will be dealing with the public in some capacity and I'm sure I will hate them even more than they already do. So I'm going to be searching for a new podcast platform. So there might be a delay in the next episode. And this is going to, this episode I plan on launching the day before the election so that it's good and ready the day of the election. (laughs) I could end this show playing Arcadia's election day, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to end the show because I'm tired. I've given you enough content to work with. And hopefully the next episode after this one, there will be some resolution to either who's going to be running the fucking show in the United States And maybe there'll be some COVID cure news. I highly doubt both of those outcomes are going to be anything worthwhile. I have no hope in anything, to be honest with you. I know, this show, Migaria, should be called Misanthropic Migaria, but that's just too wordy. I don't even think I could manage to say that without stumbling over it too many times. So, I hope you enjoyed episode E of Migaria. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.